that everything I say will be uh, according to what you want me to say, and when I'm not supposed to say it, then don't let me say it. Uh, God, forgive me uh, for the things uh, that I uh, think, do, and uh, are, are of you this past week, and I just come and I empty myself out before you, and I pray that for every one of us here today, God, that we will do the same, that we will take this opportunity, um, if it wasn't in communion, we will take this opportunity right now to say to you, God, we, uh, we goofed up this week. We messed up no matter who we are. And we come to you and just ask you to fill us back up. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it, by the way, if you're visiting, uh, please be sure and grab one of these cards. And uh, the, these are, are uh, we're glad you're here cards, but they're also our, uh, and there's a little box back there. And then if you would like a text from us every week, like today we sent out a text to remind you that we were going to have service. Or if you have a prayer request, please uh, get those uh, and put those in the, that back thing. I love this one here. And I won't say who it's from. Oh, look at there. He, she's here. All right. Um, Brianna said, my kitty comes home. Pray that my kitty comes home. I love that. And that, what, a, what a cool prayer. And so um, we, we love prayers like that. And we pray about things like that on, on a regular basis. And no matter how small or how big it is. And uh, so we're glad for that. Okay. We're in this uh, series called Time for a Turnaround. Time for a Turnaround. What does that mean? Uh, I even I took it out a little farther. It's called Time for a Turnaround on Life's Highway. So I want you to imagine that <clears throat> all of us, last week we talked about that we get in our cars and, and basically life is a lot like that, that you're, in a high, that you're on a highway and you're driving. And as you drive, you're, you've got your hand on the steering wheel and you're taking yourself in a direction that you believe you're supposed to go. And as you head that direction... Oftentimes, you find yourself not going the way that you need to be going. So you need to get off an exit, and you need to turn around and go different directions. And it's very hard to do that. It's hard to say we're not going the direction that we're supposed to go. And so <clears throat> turnarounds are not very easy for most of us. Most of us fight them. Most of us uh, have a hard, hard time figuring out how to navigate a turnaround. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And so today we're going to flesh that out a little bit more. How do we, uh, I would call this part two of how do you uh, take a turnaround when you, when you know that you're going a way that you really don't need to be going. Um, <clears throat> as you look back, uh, Dave already talked about it, as you look back at 23, it's really easy two weeks into it to say, I'm glad that's gone. I'm glad that 23 is gone. But as you're two weeks now into 24, it's easy to look around and say, um, uh, it's tough. It's tough in 24. It's tough to be uh, a human being. It's tough to be a person who professes that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of the life. It is tough to navigate life because uh, it's tough to be a Christian today in, in this climate that we live in. Um, and so lots of things uh, jump out of us uh, about last year and some things that we don't want to repeat again this year, things that we don't want to do over again the same way. Because what is it uh, when, when you do the same thing over and over again, expect different results? That's insanity. And a lot of us are doing that. We're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting we're, we're tired and so we're not going to do anything about it. We're we're overworked and we're not going to do anything about it. We're, we, we yell and we're not going to do anything about it. We're screamers. We get angry so much. We, we participate in things we know we shouldn't do. And so we just do the same thing and, and expect life to somehow get easier, simpler, and better. 
There's one word that uh, comes up when I think about that, and that word is regret. Regret. A lot of us uh, have regrets, things that we've uh, done or not done this past year. Um, uh, there, there was a university called Strayer University in New York in 2019, and they took a great big chalkboard, a giant chalkboard about 30 foot long. They put a bunch of them together, and then they put <coughs> uh, off the top of it, they said, what, uh, what are, uh, what's some of the things this last year that you regret that you didn't, that you didn't do? What are some regrets that you didn't do? And here, here's some of them. Right across the chalkboard, not speaking up, not being more attentive husband, not being a more attentive wife, not spending more time with my family, staying in my comfort zone, not saving for retirement. Now, this isn't all one person, mind you. This is lots and lots and lots and lots of people. Uh, not saying I love you enough, not saying I'm sorry, not saying no, not giving another, that person another chance, not asking for help sooner. If you notice the word that is used there a lot, the one word is not, not, not. Um, and so they found that the word that a lot of people think about when they think about this past year was not, the things that I didn't get done, turns that I didn't take, exits that I should have taken that I didn't take. So regrets tend to be about opportunities not seized, about chances not taken, about words not said, about decisions not made, about exits not taken, and about regular everyday turnarounds. And so that's what we want to talk about a little bit more today. And so if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there or you can also follow us along here. Uh, everything that I'm going to say is on our Facebook page. And so you can go there to Luke chapter 5. And we're going to talk uh, a little bit about uh, the, this part of Jesus' ministry, his earthly ministry, when he was here on the scene. And at this point in his life, he has become, has been known in Luke chapter 5 as a very good Bible teacher. People are following him left and right. And he's just starting to do a few of the miracles that he's doing. And he's done some, 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 some big things, but not everybody knows what he's been doing. And so he hasn't even called the disciples yet here in Luke chapter 5. And so uh, he comes to this point where he's, he's at a lake, uh, the, the Sea of Galilee, or here it's called Gesenerat. And he's preaching on the shore, and there's a large group of people that have gathered to hear him because they want to know what this rabbi has to say for the people at that, uh, there in that, in that town. And so we read in, in Luke 5, verse 2, says this. We're just going to read verse 2. You saw at the water's edge there was two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. That's a, that's a, big, that's a big thing to understand that, he, that Jesus sees this, these boats and he gets the idea that he probably ought to ask these fishermen to take him out in the boat and go out there so he can stay out on the lake and, and preach back to the people so his voice would go across the water and reach more people. And so you've got these fishermen that have been fishing all night and they're already off their boats. They're in there and Jesus comes up and asks them to take him back out on the lake. Now they're ready to call it a day. They've fished all night. We know this story. You've heard this story before. The Bible says they fished all night and they caught zero, nothing. Nothing was caught. They're ready to go home and Jesus says this in verse 3. 
So he goes on, he says, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, that, there's nothing too big about that, but when you see these fishermen who've been fishing all night, they're tired, they're, they're, they've done their shift, they want to go home. You ever been there, you know, and you got something else and somebody asks you to do something, you know, I, I just, I'm done. I want to go home. I didn't get nothing done today, so let's just go home. Well, they're, they're already in that, that position. So they get into this boat, and it appears that as he gets into the boat, he, he gets into this one where Simon's there. And Simon, we know, ends up being a big part of Jesus' life. We, we all know that. Jesus sees that it's Simon's boat, and so he asks Simon, he says, can you take me out a little bit more? Then he says in verse 4, he says this. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. That's a peculiar, that's a peculiar verse. That's peculiar because he, he, several, several things. Hey, can we go out a little bit deeper? I know you've been out all night. Jesus knows this. And, and I think Simon is kind of perturbed a little bit. If, if I was Simon, I'd be like, I, I've done it. I, listen, I, I'm a fisherman and I know fish. And I fished all night, and there's no fish to be caught tonight. Jesus asked him, let's go out to the deep. I don't know if you've ever been in that position. You ever been a, you're a factory person, and you're working there, and somebody comes up that you know that knows a lot less than you and tries to tell you your job and tells you what to do? You ever been there in that, in that position? You go, yeah, I'll just shut up and go sit somewhere. But they're your boss, so you've got to listen to them, and you... All right, we'll, we'll do what you say. Well, I think that's Peter a little bit. And they're trying to tell you something that you know already how to do. <laughs> and, and so I don't know if, for sure if Peter experienced the feelings that, that I was talking about there, but I got a feeling if he's a person, and he was, he probably felt a little bit like, you know, Jesus, get in your lane. Stay, stay in your lane because, you know, I'm a fisherman and you're a teacher and you teach and I'll fish. Okay? Let's, let's leave it that way. Sounds like us a little bit, if you think about it. I like you, Jesus, but don't interfere with my job. <laughs> I like you, Jesus, but don't interfere with my mouth. The things that come out of my mouth, you know, they're, they're, nobody would like to hear what comes out of my mouth, but you stay out of the things that come out of my mouth. I, I like you on weekends, but don't interfere with my love life. You know, don't tell me what to do with my body. Don't tell me what to do with my mind. Don't tell me what the things I watch. Don't tell me to do the things that, that I want to recreate. Don't tell me the things that, the entertainment that I want to do. Don't, don't get involved in that. You stay in your lane, Jesus. Stay in your lane. I like to listen to you teach, but, you know, <laughs> I don't need any help in this area. I'm, I'm doing okay. I, f I feel good about what I'm doing here. So, Jesus, you just stay over there. Just go. Go over there. Verse 5, Peter says, here's, here's the, the, the consummate answer. Verse 5. Simon answered. Notice the, the term at which he uses is Master. A little bit, little bit formal. Master, we've worked hard all night, and I haven't caught anything. But he says something really important, and I call this the game changer. He says this, but because you say so. I want you to get that. Because you say so, 
they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Now, let, let's talk about that just a little bit. I think there might have been a pause in this, in this conversation between Jesus and Simon. And Jesus said, you know, I, I know Jesus would say, I think Peter or Simon's thinking, I wish Jesus would just say, you know, Simon, you've been working all night. It's okay. Just, just get back in the boat and we'll go back and go to bed. Okay. I, I think it would have been okay with him if, if that's what would have happened. But verse six says that they, <laughs> when, when they had done so, when they, when they listened to what he did, they go out to the deep and they put down their nets and they caught such a large number of fish that the, that the nets begin to break. I mean, this is a fishing story that's going to be shared for years and years and years. These, these fishermen are going, listen, we fished all night. We, we did everything. We, we, had, we had smelling stuff on the nets. We, we, we chummed the area. We did everything we were supposed to do. And nothing happened. And all of a sudden, this guy comes along and says, throw your nets out. And it broke our nets. There were so many fish. This was an incredible, incredible thing. And so here's the lesson. Next, next screen, if you would. <clears throat> here's the lesson. Unless they'd gone through a night of disappointment, the deliverance that Jesus brought wouldn't have really meant that much. If they wouldn't have been so tired and so disappointed, it wouldn't have meant very much to them at all. But it meant so much for them that, that here they are, they, they've done everything they could possibly do, and this guy says, just go out here a little bit deeper and throw out your nets, and it, immediately something happens. They went through, they had to go through that disappointment. And that's what I want to say to some of you today. Some of you are going through some disappointments because you've thrown your net out and you've taken the exit and you've turned around and it's still not happening. Understand, it doesn't mean that God's finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. Just because you're not catching the fish that you think you're supposed to be catching. God has a plan. So as we look at Peter's life, there's a very simple message that this time doesn't have to be like the last time. We just did that, Jesus. Don't you understand? We just threw our nets down. We just did it. And the message you, wanna, you need to hear today is this. Just because it didn't work the last time you tried it doesn't mean it won't work this time when you try it. See, you've thrown your nets out year after year. There's some of you here that have tried to, you know, maybe your love life. You, you, I laid myself out before the Lord, and I asked God, bring this person to me, and it didn't happen. So I'm just going to give up. Maybe that's good. <laughs> maybe that's good. And there's those of us that are, that are here today and said, you know, I've thrown out my, my nets before. I've tried to read my Bible. I've tried to, I've tried to be faithful in this area, that area. It's just not happening. You've thrown your nets out and you failed. Let this be a lesson to us all today. This, the point is this, the next, the next one. We could be at one time away from experiencing God's blessing in a way that we never knew was even possible. But we let what happened last time keep us from moving forward this time. Read that again to yourself. It's a mouthful. But I want you to understand that just because it didn't happen the last time you tried doesn't mean that God doesn't want to do it in your life now. Whatever that is.
whatever it was. So if Peter were here and he was going to talk to you about your life in 2024, I think one of the things that he might say to you is this. With Jesus in your boat, <laughs> it doesn't mean it has to be the last time was, was the worst time. Do it again. Do it again. I mean, that's the difference, that Jesus is in your boat. If Jesus is in your boat, it doesn't matter what you did the last time. It matters what you do now. So I think the difference is that when we come to this, this point in our life, when we have our hand on the wheel, and last week we talked about giving Jesus the wheel and saying, Jesus, you take the wheel, it has to be that is that not only is he in the boat, is that he is driving the boat. And we're not trying to get him to uh, just get in the boat with us and bless everything that we're doing. So Peter speaks to Jesus and he says, because you say so. And that's the motto that I want to share with you. If, if I had a, a lesson that I want to send home with you today, that's the lesson. What Peter said, what Simon said was this, because you say so go out into the deep, cast your nets. And Peter says, okay, because you say so. That's a tough, that's a tough say. That's a tough, that's a tough couple words to say, but I think it's good words for 2024. I think if you can grab onto that because you say so, you'll understand what God has in store for you and you'll walk in it and you'll, it, God will do something that you thought was impossible in your life. If you're looking for a model this year, I think it's the best one there is because you say so, Jesus. Because you say so, I'm going to believe you. Now, that, that's a hard submission. That, that's submitting to God and saying, but I don't understand, right? <laughs> it's all right. You don't understand, but that's what submission means. It means you give up because you believe that that entity, that Jesus, knows more than you do. That he knows more than us. And that's what's so important today. I mean, it, it would be nice if this story unfolded like this, wouldn't it? Because it would be that way in our story too. If Jesus would say to Peter, hey, Peter, I know you had a hard night. And you've been working all night. And I, I know you guys are exhausted. And I know you didn't want to do this. But, 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 but. Here's what I'm going to do, son. I'm going to take you out and we're going to go fishing. And I'm going to break the nets on your, on your nets. I'm going to break them. There's going to be so many fish. So if you listen to me and I take you out there, this is what's going to happen. See, that's what we want from Jesus. We want a guarantee. And some of us would like to see it in writing. If I do this, if I give you my life, if I give you my sex life, if I give you my mind, if I give you the things that are going on, if I give you this, you're going to give me a guarantee that's going to happen. Right? 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 Hmm. That's the kind of agreement that we want with Jesus. We want the agreement that says you're going to break our nets, right? If I, if I do what you ask. This is us, Jesus. I'm willing to do some things. I'm willing to do what you ask me, but, but you got the guarantee behind it? You got the guarantee? Is, is, there, is, there, is there anything written behind that that backs that up? Because I, I don't want to do it if nothing's going to happen. 
And that's how this whole thing works. It's obedience. Listen, it's obedience and then it's blessing. Let me say it again. It's obedience and then it's blessing. Because you say so. Obedience, I'll go out in the lake where I don't want to go, where I've been before, where I know there's no stinking fish, I'll go. Peter may have thought that Jesus didn't know fish. But Jesus taught Peter, or Simon, that he knew much, much more than he knew. And that's the lesson that some of us in this room and at home have to learn today. Jesus knows more than you do. And you say you believe it, and you say you understand it, but you're not making your choices and your decisions like you believe it. You're, 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 you're making your life choices based on the fact of what you see and not on the faith that you have that Jesus, because he said so, you're just going to do it. But, but, but I'm doing it and, and I'm, I'm out here and I'm, I'm throwing my nets in the water and I'm bringing them back up and nothing's happening. Okay. Do it again. Do it again. Obedience and then blessing. Peter's going to learn that Jesus not only knew about fish, he knew everything. He learned that that day. We as humans, we think <laughs> there's so much freedom in being our own person. Most of you here are free spirits. Most of you here like to be thought of as I'm, I'm a, my own boss. I'm in charge of me and nobody else is going to tell me what to do because I know what's best to do. There's such freedom in that. Really? I don't know. I don't know. You know what people, we call people who do, do whatever they want to do all the time no matter what? You know, I'm just going to do what I want to do because I think it's right. You know what we call them? Two-year-olds! Two-year-olds. I spent the weekend with, with a bunch of little kids in my house and they do what they want to do unless you tell them differently. And they live it with no consequences. Little Mercy was in my house yesterday with the other three. And she's got a teapot. And, and I noticed that she's just, you know, that her and Ellen are having a tea party. And I look over and everything looks good. And all of a sudden I come back and there's this water on the, on the wall. She's just pouring it on the wall up and down the hallways. Here it is. And she's having a great time because she did what she wanted to do. And look at that water go down the wall. It's so cool. Look at that. And there's a big puddle of water and it's, it's getting on the carpet. And it's getting, it, 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 I don't care about the consequences. And yet that's the way we live our lives. <laughs> I don't, because I, I, I think I know better than you manufacture. I think I know more than him. And so I, I pour my little water wherever I want. And you know what that's doing? It's showing how immature you really are. Because if you're not submitting to, to someone who knows better than you, you are a fool. You're a fool. The Bible says Jeff called nobody a fool. I'm telling you, it's biblical to call somebody a fool that's living like there's no boss, like there's no master, like there's nobody in charge. Church, there is freedom in submission. 
Submitting to God is the best submission you can get. And this year, you need to discover what it means to fully submit to God, to give your all to God, not some, all to God. My challenge for you to start this year with a spirit of submission, with this words in your mouth, because you say so. Because you say so. What a motto for this year. I think I'm going to put that on some shirts. Because you say so, I'm going to do it. It's easy for us to say that. It's easy for me. I could stand up here right now and say, okay, I want you all to say with me, one, two, three, and, and say it. And you, you, oh, yeah, I can say it. But now let me, let, me, let me put some stuff out there and think about, as I say that, what comes to your head. Okay? Just, just think about what I say. <sighs> Jesus, <laughs> giving generously and joyfully and giving you my finances It seems very hard. It seems a lot to ask. But because you say so, I'm going to start tithing this year. Ooh, that got got real. (laughs) That got real. I'm not going to throw $5 in the plate a couple times. I'm not going to... I'm not going to just give you some some little leftover things. I'm not going to just, if I got enough, I'll give you some. I don't care what's going on. I'm just going to give you... No, no. Jesus, I don't feel I've forgiven him because they... My husband, he hurt me bad. I don't, I don't feel I've forgiven my friend. But because you say so, I will. Jesus, I don't want to confess my sin. I don't want to say that, that, that I need to take an exit. I don't want to stop watching porn. I don't want to stop doing this. I don't want to stop doing that. But because you say so, I will. Do you see how real that gets? <laughs> that gets real, real quick. That gets like right in the heart. That's not me saying that. That's, that's, that's a lesson we learn here from this story. That story there is for a purpose. It's so that you and I catch it and go, oh, I see. Verse 8 says this. For he and all. Did I skip verse 8? I think I did. No, I didn't. When Simon Peter saw this, uh, so they, they, they signaled their partner. There it is. So they signaled. Sorry about that, Charlie. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Okay, there we know it's Jesus knows fish. Got it. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knee and said, "Go away from me, Lord!" For I, oh, notice that it went from master to Lord. <laughs> it went from okay, boss, to. You know better. You know it all. Why did he do it? Because all the fish were flopping around him and he saw what he couldn't do, God could. And so it went from master to Lord. Go away from me. And this is the part you got to catch. We're about done. Go away from me, Lord, because I'm a sinful man. What caused that, that in Simon? What caused that Got to take the exit and turn around. (laughs) It was the fish. I don't know fish. Jesus knows fish. Jesus knows everything. So I must confess that I am a slob, that I am a sinner, that I am a sloth, and that the only way I can go on that road in life 
is if he is with me and he becomes my Lord. Those smelly, smelly fish made such a difference in his life. And so he falls to his knees and he says, I'm a sinful man. And he repents and he confesses. And so as you come to 2024, before we can do anything else these next couple weeks together as a church, one of the places that you've got to start today is that confession. Where you come to Jesus and you say, there's just things in my life that aren't right. I'm not treating you as Lord. I'm treating you as a gumball machine where I got my hand out when you're convenient. I need you today, Lord, because I got, I got maybe cancer. I need you today, Lord, because I'm sick and I can't get over it. I need you today, Lord, because of this. That's a genie in a bottle. That's not Jesus. And we've got to stop treating him like that. See, when we repent, when we confess, it's our way of saying to God, here are my broken pieces, all of them. (laughs) Take all my broken pieces and you repair, restore, renew me as I allow you to turn this ship around, this boat around, this car around. Verse 10 says this, and next one, Charlie, thanks. For he and all his companions were astonished to catch a fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid from now on. You will fish for people. In a matter of a couple hours, these guys went from fishing to fish to fishing for, pe- for, for people. They, their lives completely turned around. And there's another verse that goes on the, on the tag of that that says they left their boats and they left their fish and they followed Jesus. Everything that was important to them, they left and they followed Jesus. I don't understand that fully, but I do understand that fully because I understand that there's some things that God wants me to leave. There's some things he wants you to leave today. You and Jesus need to figure that out. I can't, I can't tell you what you need to leave. But I know that Jesus wants to take you just like he did these guys and turn them into disciples as he wants to do the same thing for you. Because if you're not doing this with other people, you're not really a disciple. You're just kind of a participant. You're kind of a fan along the side going, go Jesus, yay. You know? But yet, most of you can be fanatical about the Colts. You can be fanatical about every playoff game that's going on here. You know the scores. You know what's going on. You know the quarterback that's hurt. You know the, the coach that's going to be. You know all those. You know, if I ask you what, what anything in the Bible, you I don't know. What the heck? What the heck? That's not a disciple. That's a fan. Yay, Jesus. Go, Jesus. That's why when you come in this place, and some of you, it just falls flat on you. You go, hey, what'd you learn? What, what happened? Nothing. Anything touching? No. Yeah, band was okay. Pastor was way too long. It's just, it just bad. It doesn't matter how bad we are. If Jesus is inside of you, no matter what, there's fish everywhere. <laughs> there's fish everywhere because Jesus knows more about everything 
then you know. And if you can get a hold of that this year, whoo, what a difference. Is 24 going to be hard? It's going to stink. Jeff, you shouldn't say that. That's, no, it's going to stink. But you know what? What won't stink is if you have a relationship with Jesus and you and him are tight and he's driving the ship and the boat, it doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter who wins the election. It doesn't matter who wins what. I know it's going to be horrible. I get it. I don't like it. a lot of the things. I don't. That's not my, my thing. My job is to let Jesus ride the boat, drive the boat, and I just become a participant, and I let him take me where he wants to take me. Let's pray as the band, band comes. Jesus, we, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story. It's not just a